Welcome to That's Marketing Baby, the weekly show where two marketing besties talk all things marketing in the world of B2B and B2C. I'm your co-host, Susan Winograd, and I've spent over 20 years in marketing focusing on paid media and email marketing. And I'm Jess Cook, copywriter and creative director turned content marketer. Every week, we'll tackle a topic that's on our minds and hopefully yours too. Ready? Let's go. That's Marketing Baby is brought to you by Aircule, the agency that helps you get control of your SEO, analytics, and content strategy. They get in the weeds so you don't have to. Susan and I have both worked with the Aircule team. They're crazy smart. And their free app, Automo, translates the information overload that is Google Analytics to show you what content is performing, what isn't, and what to do next. Plus, Automo is now the fastest, easiest way to blend your GA4 and UA data so you can see both a monthly snapshot and performance over time, which is pretty sweet. Check it out at Ottimo.cool. That's O-T-T-I-M-O dot C-O-O-L. And now onto the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That's Marketing Baby. I am here with my amazing co-host, Jess Cook. Say hi, Jess. Hello. Hello. This is Susan Winograd back on the air. Had a couple weird weeks, and I was not around for the past few episodes, so it's nice to be back in the chair and in front of the mic with you, my dear. You've been missed by <laughs> me and everyone. Oh, thank you. So super excited about the next few episodes we're going to do. I was telling Jess, I feel like it, these are questions we've always heard. But I think now that we're seeing a lot of layoffs in tech and a lot of teams having to do more with less, increasingly as a data and media person and kind of a measurement person for a lot of clients, I feel like I'm getting a lot more pressure and questions around content and specifically a few things, which I think can be boiled down into we know we need to create content, so we'll do that, but I don't understand how we know if it's working or not short term. Mm -hmm. And then the other part is less and less people click through to come to sites. A lot of thought leaders are saying that like zero click content is the way and you have to keep on the platform. And that just really amplifies this angst. I think that brands have that they're like, not only do we not know how we should be measuring, but now it's like we're doing it on other platforms where we can't measure because it's not even our site. So it definitely is something that I think is becoming more and more prominent, especially as everyone's starting to acknowledge that like, gated content doesn't necessarily work anymore. People don't want to give that. So I think companies want to give away really good content, but they're a little scared because they don't know how to measure that both short term and long term. So I feel like there's really two pieces of this. It's especially in the world of B2B, if we're producing content every week, how do we know if that's doing anything long term? How do we measure that? Yep. But then it's like, let's say it takes 90 days for anything to show. What do we do 90 days? Do we just sit there and keep doing it and like not know if it's working? And then a quarter goes by and we're like, oh, look, that didn't work. Now we get to start over. So what are the short-term things to measure? And then what are the longer-term things to measure? I think is really the theme of the questions that I'm getting a lot. Yeah. And I think too, like a lot of B2B companies now, it's like the company has a goal that gets passed down to the individual departments, right? Now the departments and, you know, marketing now has a goal, whether that's like number of demos or pipeline or revenue, right? And so like that's all tracked. But then when it gets to kind of this gray area of like content, like getting from that piece of content to this very trackable thing of 
demos booked and revenue and pipeline and revenue, there's no clear path. And so it is, it's really difficult. It's a total black box. Even I sometimes have like a hard time (laughs) just trying to explain, like, we don't really know. Like (laughs) what, here's what I'm hearing from customers. And so it seems like the right piece of content to write or create or build. And so we kind of just have to try some things. And then we're going to look at in the short term, you know, these handful of things. And then in the long term, we'll know, and we'll have to kind of take those learnings and move on from there and, and decide if we're going to do another program that's similar to this or keep doubling down on this topic or whatever. So I think today what we want to talk about, we're thinking this might be like three-part series, pew, 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 (laughs) coming to you, (laughs) Susan and Jess. And this first part is really all around just like measurement and metrics. Like what can you look at in this day that it feels like you can measure everything, but like also at the same time, nothing at all? Yes. It's a very strange time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Great time to be alive. Yeah. Great time to market stuff. It's really awesome. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So I think a couple things that come to mind for me. The first is like in this world, we're like, okay, yeah, zero click content is really important. We're trying to create, actually, let me even back up further, right? In a very smart marketing strategy, you're figuring out like the topics that are going to kind of fall in this intersection of things your customers are challenged by, interested in, looking for, things that your company can help solve, right? And like something that has never been said or like a point of view that is new and fresh, right? And like right in the middle there is like where you want to be. So, okay, you've figured that out. And now you're like, all right, I'm going to create a podcast or blog series around this thing. So you're creating that content and then you decide, all right, now to be very efficient and smart, I'm going to take this blog post. I'm going to turn it into LinkedIn carousel. I'm going to turn it into a Twitter thread. I'm going to maybe interview two or three people internally and get their takes on this. And then I'm going to have these videos that go with it, right? So you're just kind of repurposing all of those things. And what I would look at is, you know, this campaign is now out and by campaign, it could be paid or not. It could be completely organic before you realize, yes, let's put some paid behind it. Things I would look at are first and foremost, social engagement. So let's say I'm taking that and I'm turning it into a LinkedIn post that's zero click, meaning I probably dropped a link into the comment, but I'm not forcing people to go to my site. I'm teaching them something in the post whether or not they click is totally up to them and totally additive. So odds are they're probably not going to click. They don't need to. They're scrolling. They want to keep learning on LinkedIn. So what I would look at there is whether that's in HubSpot or some sort of social media kind of platform that you're looking at metrics for. It might be like, did this post get above average engagement? Did it get a couple of shares? Did it get a couple of comments that aren't from my employees? <laughs> that's always, that's a telltale sign of like, this isn't working is when the only folks that comment consistently or like something consistently are the people that work at the company. That's a huge red flag that you're not moving in the right direction. So I think that's something to look at is like shares, comments, comments, especially that's like really big in the algorithm right now, a comment is worth a thousand likes or something crazy. So definitely looking at those metrics of like, is this resonating more than most of our content? And I think another kind of key thing to think about here is when you are doing this, try to start small. So like start with that LinkedIn post, maybe 
right? And you're like, okay, that LinkedIn post did above average. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it a little further. Now I'm going to go interview a couple people in the company for 15, 20 minutes, get a video clip and put that out on this same topic and see how that does, right? So like, don't invest in the next thing until you know that like the lightest lift did relative something. Yeah. I think the other piece too, that's interesting is like a, a paid media person is this dawning awareness, which I mean, should have been around longer than it has been, but the, the social platforms, especially the paid side got spoiled. I was a guest lecturer at a, at a college level course yesterday. And one of the questions was, can you still just launch a brand using paid? And I was like, good luck with that. <laughs> but I think that's the other piece that even paid people get myopic about is they're not looking at what's happening on the content side. And if things aren't successful on the content side, it's so much harder on the paid side. And a lot of times I'll you know, audit an account or look at what a client's doing and I'll ask to see their content strategy and they seem surprised. But a lot of times I'll find that there's such a close tie between how well are they doing just organically connecting with their customers? How well do they understand it? versus what they're seeing in paid. And the better they're doing on the organic side, the better they do on the paid side, because there's an established credibility there. It doesn't exist when you just keep promoting content that isn't working or doesn't resonate, or you're promoting content from a company these people have never heard of because you're not creating anything that they're interested in. So it is interesting to see from the paid media person side, I think a lot of people just don't think about that because they're like, that's content's role that has nothing to do with me. But those two things are actually very closely reliant upon each other for success. Yeah. It's like putting jet fuel in a broken jet, right? You can fill it up all you want, but like... It ain't taking off. <laughs> someone's going to click on that ad maybe once, right? And then kind of get there and see it's shallow or it doesn't really relate to me and they're never coming back. And so now that trust is lost, right? And then on the flip side, if no one's really invested in your content organically, they're not going to click on that ad when they see it, right? So they are absolutely symbiotic. For sure. Another thing I like to look at is how did you hear about us? So I think what is a really positive signal, again, let's go back to that. Let's say it takes 90 days, right? And then we know if something's really working, we'll know if you know this piece of content is actually generating revenue or pipeline for us. In that 90 days, take a look at your how did you hear about us and like and make sure that is an open field, folks. Don't like fill no in. leading questions. Yes, thank you. <laughs> no leading questions. Give them the flexibility to like from their brain enter how they feel or think they heard about you because it's mm -hmm. not always the same, by the way. So take a look at that. See if that is always paid. Is it always organic? Is organic growing and paid is shrinking? That's not a bad sign, right? So take a look at that and see if the channels that you are investing in, that you are taking that repurposed content, that you're taking those, you know, kind of big pieces and you're, you're distributing them. Are those the places that you are seeing people are starting to say, Hey, this is where I saw you. This is where I saw you. This is where I saw you. So that's a really good sign. That should be something that you have set up somehow in some form that gets captured. That's really, really important. And then I think another, a couple more positive signals for me in that short term, one is just organic social following. Taking a look at those numbers, are they going up month over month? For instance, in LinkedIn, you can look at how you are ranking against competitors for the number of posts that you are posting and the amount of engagement and the followers that you're getting against your competitors. Like, are you kind of beating them with less content? That's always a really, really 
big kind of like win for me or just like, I know that it's working. If I'm posting less and I'm getting more following, it must resonate. That's way smart. More. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? really smart. I love that. So take a look at that. That's in LinkedIn analytics on your company page. And then another one would be branded search and clicks. If the number of people that are just searching for your brand name is continuously going up month over month, like that's also a great And look sign, at that right? and paid too, assuming that you're doing like brand defense yes. and, and bidding on your name for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because that just tells you that like month over month, more people, the pool of people that know who you are at the very least is expanding. And that is a really good sign that your content is doing that for them. Someone shared something, someone saw something, then they told someone about it or they forwarded it to them or they themselves saw, you know, something on social media. Like that's how they found out about you. And then later they were like, oh yeah, I got to look those guys up. Right. And so just kind of keep an eye on those handful of things. So I'm, I'm going to go over those one more time. Just making sure you're getting above average engagement on whatever it is you're putting out there. That's a great sign. And if you're not back off from that thing for a little while, come back to it with a different angle another time, right? It doesn't mean it's broken. It just means that like that exact way you did it isn't hitting. Looking at how did you hear about us? Super important. Looking at your organic followers growing and how you're doing compared to your competitors and then branded search and clicks. Yep. And so since I'm more of the measurement data person, let's talk about the longer term. So kind of leaves in the beginning, it's like, what should you be measuring, you know, a little closer together? And then when you pull back from it, how do you know, right? Especially if you're doing all of this stuff. I think the question that I get a lot is, well, how do we know which thing is working? And frequently it's not one thing. It's all of these things that you're doing that have like a compound interest rate over time. But I think that one of the biggest misses that I see constantly is there's still such fragmented reporting and marketing. It's like this department is reporting on these metrics, right? So like the content people might be reporting on what you're saying, right? And then the paid media people are like, well, we ran this, then this and LinkedIn. Like it's very granularly focused, which makes sense because it's what they manage every day. But there's just still this huge lack of anybody pulling back to 30,000 feet and saying, in this 90-day period, where was our paid media allocation, first of all, right? Did we change anything? So it's like, if we used to be heavy on Google ads, like I have a, a client that really went hard into Google ads, but the demo requests weren't there. And it's like, it's because you're getting SMBs. They don't go to Google for advice on an enterprise product, right? They're going there because they're not like enterprise level people that are on LinkedIn. Those people go to LinkedIn, like what is everyone using to accomplish that, right? Like whatever that thing is. So there's a brand awareness thing in the B2B world that's not well captured. And so the only way to really understand those kind of how those tides are flowing is to look at things from a much higher level. And it's strange to me that even when you'll have like quarterly business reviews, the marketing is still, it'll have high level what the results were. And then the next slides are all channel by channel. But it, it's like, it's still, it missed, there's almost always this missing piece of like, it goes from super high level to super granular and there's nothing in between, right? So it's like, for me, I find that a lot of places don't graph these things next to each other a lot where it's like, you need to have a combo graph that shows like, here's how much we spent on LinkedIn this month. And here's how much we spent on paid, like show what the media mix was and show the outcomes over the next 60 days. That's the other thing that I see so much of is like, they'll review what happened that month and they treat like what happened that month came from that month's media spend. 
And ideally, if you're doing your marketing right, some of it's going towards capturing that bottom of funnel, but you're parallel pathing that spend with the stuff that's laying the groundwork for people that are going to request demos in the next three, six, nine months, right? And that's not going to show up that same month. So when you look at these mixes, I feel like it's missing kind of what did we spend our, our media on? And then no one really looks back at those previous months. So they're like, hey, April was amazing. What do we do in April? A lot of times it's not what you did in April. It's what you did in February. But like no one looks at that. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I like when places use those capture fields like in HubSpot or Salesforce that talks about like what was the date of like the first touch that they did something, right? Because that can tell you a lot more about like when did they first... And again, this is hard when you have zero click content. I totally get that. So this is not perfect. But it's like, if you have some of that data to understand, hey, it seems like, you know, from the time they do this, this is when they request a demo. And you and I kind of made that, we found those data points. When we did this together, we were kind of like, and for us, it was, we were capturing people in the newsletter. And so we realized like when we would look at from the time they did the newsletter to when they actually requested, it was anywhere from like three to six months. It was a long lag time. But that let us know that we're like, we are getting the right people. It's just that they're further up the funnel, right? So I just feel like this big piece in the middle that people just don't look at where they're not graphing kind of like, how did we allocate the spend? And then what happened over the next 60 days? That's not really looked at. And this assumption that it's like, oh, we did this one thing that caused these outcomes. And it's usually not. It's usually several things. So I always tell people when you're doing this type of measurement, you need to start much higher up. So find that in between of like, okay, so we had X number of demo requests total, and then we have a channel breakdown, but like, what about the middle, right? Where's that middle of like, here's how we allocated that. You know, we went heavier on LinkedIn this month than we did in previous months. And over the next 60 days, we saw things increase or even things like you could see the opposite happen where it's like, we increased the spend. We saw nothing really happen over the next 60 days. So then you're like, maybe we aren't creating the right content. And that's when those the stats that you mentioned come into play where it's kind of like, is it not resonating? Are we getting demo requests from the wrong people? So like we maybe we're not creating the content for our ideal customer. We're obviously like attracting other people, whether it's, you know, it's through brand search or direct or wherever they're coming from. It's like we're promoting this content and we're just not getting the right people. You know what I mean? So it's like, is it a targeting problem? Is it a content problem? Is it both? It could be both. But I just feel like a lot of B2B places are not that good at answering those questions with data yet. And I think it's honestly because it's easy for me to say because I don't work internally. It's hard. When, I mean, and I've worked internally in B2B, but it's there's so much data. And a lot of times you're using like six different platforms to do stuff. Like you're just thankful when you get a single spreadsheet with a pivot table smushed together <laughs> enough to understand like, okay, how many demos did we get this, you know, in this period of time? Because you're having to smush together so many different things. It's not as straightforward and as integrated as what you tend to get in things like e-com. So they're dealing with some places use HubSpot and they use all the fields in different ways. And then you got to figure out like how you want to measure things and which fields should you use? And do you need a calculated thing that doesn't exist? Or it's just a lot more complicated. So it's like even just figuring out those things can be so tough that I think by the time it's done, each channel person is like, okay, God, I finally have a report. And then it's like when you go to look at large trends, it's like everyone's figured out their little tiny reports, but no one's figured out like, that overarching one that kind of shows how all this stuff is working together. I think that that's where tools like Power BI or Tableau or any of those ones that can plug into all those multiple data sources and make sense of what you're seeing. I just feel like there's such a gap there still. You know, it's like every platform reports the way that it reports and people are either having to manually plug in, like, here's what we spent here, here's what we did here. 
And it's just, it takes a while and it's imperfect, but I think there's just still such a need there for people that can assemble that data in a way visually that makes sense to be able to understand the cause and effect of what's happening over larger periods of time. You just made me, can I tell you a story? You just made me think of a story. I love your story. Okay. So this is less of a metric to look at. It's more of a seeing if two things are in alignment to see if your content before you really even get started is going to work. Story time. When I came to Lasso, I was taking a look at like, okay, what's the best performing stuff? Like what's the thing that's bringing all of the traffic to our site? And they happen to be these very well-written articles about the different types of positions that like event professionals can hold. So something called an A1, which is like the lead audio person on an event or show, or V1, the lead video person on it. And so it was like, what is an A1? And that article did really, really well for us in terms of getting traffic to the site. Then I took a look at who's actually clicking book a demo. And pulled all this information from HubSpot for like for the entire year of 2022, what were the job titles of the people that clicked book a demo and what was the highest percentage kind of concentration? And it turned out to be CEOs and owners, event companies, CEOs and owners of event companies are not Googling or wondering what an A1 does, right? There is a huge misalignment between our best performing content and the people who are booking demos. That was a big red flag for me. So it was like, It's great that we have these. It's wonderful that we are helping this industry. Like, yes, let's keep them. However, we have a small team. And if we're going to continue to produce blog posts at the cadence we're doing it, they need to align with the folks who are our ICP, right? So that's another thing to look at before you even jump into any of this, like, is my content working? Because at first glance, it looked like the content was working. People were coming to the site. Yeah. However, it was not the right content. So you have to figure that out first. This reminds me so much something that we run into in paid media all the time too, where companies will get really excited when they have something with a really high click-through rate. And and this is more so in the, in the conversion world, right? This doesn't necessarily apply directly to content because they're not necessarily booking right off of that. But this would always be the problem. People are like, well, I want a high click-through rate and a high conversion rate. The fact of the matter is a lot of times the highest conversion rate stuff has the lowest click-through rate because it's properly filtering for the people that you actually want to click on it. You actually don't want, like if you have a hugely high click-through rate, like, well, people just aren't converting. It's like, yeah, that could be a landing page problem. I'm not saying it's not, but it's also kind of like, it could just be the wrong people. There's always this temptation that everybody wants every number (laughs) to go up and to the right. And it's like, no, you want the right number to go up and to the right. You know, I mean, that's, and I think that's the same thing too. Like, even in your example too of like, you know, the followers and stuff, it's like, are they the people you actually want following? Like, are they the right people? And even that comes out in the wash with things like, you know, direct traffic and brand search. It's like, if those things increase, but either you're not getting more demos or you're getting demos from people that are not your ICP, you're like, something is not working here. Like whatever we're putting out there, the wrong people are picking it up. You know, it's like, we're putting it down, wrong folks are coming by and picking it up. And we've definitely seen that happen, you know, where we're just kind of like, this content is not for the people that we want it to be like. And I think that, you know, the organic one that you gave is that's a really good example. I run into that a lot with SEO with companies where they're like, we get so many of our demos from organic. But then when I look at the proportion of it, I'm like, well, yeah, because you have a bazillion pages ranking, but the conversions you're getting, it's a really small fraction of who comes, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, they feel like it's free traffic and you're going, but think of all the man hours going into writing this stuff. 
it's tempting to go after the things that get searched really highly. Cause you're like, oh, if we just get in front of them, it's like, but you don't want to just get in front of them because now you spent man hours creating this stuff for the wrong person who's going to book a demo, who's then going to waste the salesperson's time. Like the overhead cost of some of those decisions, you don't see them on paper, so they don't feel real. It's amazing, especially with small teams, how quickly that starts to eat away at the time and effort that gets put into stuff. Yeah. And guess what? Some of those people might actually become customers. It might actually work out and then they're the first ones to churn, right? Those customers who aren't the perfect fit are always the first ones to leave. And that is another huge problem. So this is all to say that like, yes, look at these metrics, look at all of these things, make sure you have alignment between who is actually buying and who you're actually creating for, but really like make sure you're looking at the right stuff. Revisit this, these metrics often because you can look at them and then six months go by and maybe things have changed or you've just shifted the angle slightly and it's not quite right again. Right. So like you just have to continue to look at these things, make sure that you're, I don't know, I was going to do some weird, like flying analogy, your altimeter, your altitude. Dude, I don't think we ever get, we're going to have to make every episode feature a Jess analogy. (laughs) They always like sound so good in my head. I'm like, oh, this is going to get them. And then it comes out and I'm like, (laughs) 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 to measure all the things. Just kidding. Don't measure all the things. Again and again. (laughs) Measure the right things. Yeah. So I think that's it for this week. We have a, like I said, we have a a closely related topic to this uh, next week about, and it's actually about how you can't measure all the things. And sometimes you have to use humans. So same kind of topic area, but a different perspective for a different part of the process. So thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Again, it was lovely to be back. Yay! yay. We will see you next week. That's marketing, baby. That's marketing, baby. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of That's Marketing, Baby. Like what you heard? Please give us some love with a review. And don't forget to hop into our community list at thatsmarketingbaby.com to get more helpful tips, resources, and thoughts from us. See you next week.